This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. You're invited to join us at our worship assemblies each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. Glad you're here today, this evening. Uh, sometime old guys get stuck on a uh, topic, and I am, so here we go. Genesis 3 and 3 and 4 says, But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. All of you have heard this from time to time. I've used it in uh, funerals, trying to encourage people that don't blame God for death. It wasn't God's fault. It was the serpent's fault. It was Satan's fault. So as we think today, I want to accomplish a couple of things. One, I want to study about Satan. I want to study about how he acts. I want to study about what he does to you. And I want to bring a point that as Satan was lying to the woman in the Garden of Eden, he is lying to you today. Each and every one of you, he is lying to you today. And he's going to continue to do that. So our title is The First Lie. It's not the last, I promise you that. Satan is going to continue to wreak havoc in your life. He does not want us to succeed. So let's think a little bit about the way he operates. Over in Job 1 and 7, it says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. Let me tell you, Satan is not a fairy tale. He's not the Easter bunny. He's not the tooth fairy. He is real. Satan is real. He's been real all these years. He's real now. Satan has talked to me. He's talked to me. He's whispered in my ear things I ought to do. He will whisper in your ear, you ought to try this. So we want to think a little bit uh, further. Let's look at a couple of uh, thoughts here. In Luke 22 and 3, Then Satan entered into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and commuted with the chief priest and the captains how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and coveted to give him money. Remember the rest of the story. Judas comes to Jesus and kisses him, and they arrest Jesus. There's a trial, there's a scourging, there's a crucifixion. There was all of this because Satan entered into Judas. How did he do that? How did he enter into someone? I really don't know. Uh, there's a scripture in the Bible about a man that was out in the tombs, he screamed, he hollered, he cut himself, he was naked. 
and he had a legion of demons. I don't see this happening to Judas here, though. I think he remained as normal as you or I. But Satan entered him. He had a whisper in his ear. Oh, it'd be nice if you had 30 pieces of silver. You would have it made. Another important point for you that are taking notes. It destroyed Judas. It destroyed him. He went out and hanged himself. That's an important part of today's study. Satan will destroy you. Another one. Acts 5 and 3. Then Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? You know the story. The early Christians were selling property, giving it to the church. Ananias and Sapphira decided, we're not going to give it all. We're going to keep back some, uh, maybe for a rainy day, maybe if they needed it. But they let on like they'd give all of it. How did the lie help Ananias? It didn't. It destroyed him. He dropped dead. How did the lie help Sapphira, his wife? It destroyed her. She dropped dead. That's what Satan does. I want to get that across. That's what Satan does. In John 8 and 44, you're of the father of the devil. The lust of the father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh the lie, he speaketh of his own for he is the liar and the father of it. At one time, I thought I might ask if there's anyone in the audience that had never lied, but I'm not, so let's not do that. I heard uh, a lady not long ago talking about she was working, and her boss comes in and says, you do so-and-so, sign it, and send it in. And she looked at the bosses, I cannot do that. Because we haven't done what you're making me sign that we have done. I won't do that. Is that a white lie? Is that a little lie? Is there a difference in sizes of lies? When we lie, we're trying to excuse ourselves from wrong. I didn't do it. It wasn't my fault. Why do we sign contracts? When we're buying or selling something. So the guy won't lie out of it. So think about that when you tell the little lie. A little lie calls for an, another lie and they get bigger and bigger. 2 Timothy 2.26 And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Anybody here not know what a snare is? A snare is a trap. It's a trap. Some of us have trapped raccoons, possums, bobcats, whatever. And you set a trap, and you put something in that trap 
that is good, good to look at, good to smell, good to eat. And if you watch that animal, he just takes a step in and he smells. And he takes a step in and he smells. Directly he gets a, a bite and boom, the trap goes shut. Then I come along or someone else, we shoot him in the head. I like to throw him in a pond and drown him. Satan has a snare, and he wants you to get a little closer, get a little closer, just get a little closer. It's going to be good till he got you, and that tightens up on you, and he will destroy you. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Lest I should be exalted above measure, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. When Jesus left and ascended to heaven, he gave his disciples some powers. They could heal people. They could do miracles. And yet Paul prayed that he'd have this whatever he had, a pain of some type, removed from him. See what the Lord says. And this part up here, the he, that's God. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I Rather glory in my affirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You will be tempted and tested. Promise. Let's look at some possible examples that I've thought of. How about this? The devil whispers in your ear, nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know. 1 John 3 and 20, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and he knoweth all things. Yeah, you might hide something from others. really don't matter, because God knows. God is who you stand in front of in the day of judgment. And he knows. He knows. He knows everything. Have you ever heard this? Just one time. I'm going to do it just one time. You ever thought about that? For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. How many times does it take to get pregnant? One how many times does it take to hurt somebody if you're driving drunk? One. How many times did they eat of the fruit in the garden? One. One time will get you. The devil's lying to you when you hear that. What about this? It's my life. It won't affect anyone. I'll do what I want to. Genesis 3 and 16. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, 
and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. Thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return into the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and dust thou shalt return. Adam and Eve's disobeying the command of God affects everyone in this room. It affects us. How? We're going to die. We will die. Because, and that was years and years ago. How does a sin that you do affect others? Influence. It may influence your children, your grandchildren. Grandpa did it. It's okay. Yeah. Have you ever heard this in your mind, your heart? What have I got to lose? Matthew 16 and 26. For what is a man profit if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall he give in exchange for his soul? For y'all writing this down, here's the answer to this. Everything. That's what you have to lose. Everything. Let's think a little bit along this line for a while. We're told out in the world, just believe in Jesus. And I, I agree completely. In James 2 and 17, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. The religious world today wants you to believe in Jesus. We want you to believe in Jesus also. But that's not enough because the devils believe in Jesus. They will quake in front of Jesus. That's not enough. That is not enough. You'll be told to just accept Jesus as your personal Savior. And we can back this up with Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is an absolute necessity of being saved. Everybody will agree with that. But sometimes it gets different. Who should you listen to about being saved? Who should you listen to? I'm going to listen to Jesus. This is his words, and I quit clicking, guys. Now it's coming on. Maybe I turned it wrong. There we go. Jesus said in Luke 13 and 3, I tell you, nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. He repeated this in verse 5. What is repentance? That is a change. A change in you, you're not going to live like you used to. You're not going to tell lies. You're not going to do bad things. You want to live 
and follow after Jesus. This is Jesus' words. Another, Jesus quotes this in Matthew 10 and 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. And whosoever therefore shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. This is Jesus' words. He wants you to confess him. And you've seen that done here. When someone comes forward and confesses that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. This is Jesus' word, Jesus' plan. In Mark 16 and 15 and 16, And he said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. This is Jesus' words. I don't know how much more plain it needs to be, but that gives us the results. When you follow Jesus' words... Your sins are forgiven. You're in a saved condition. The point of coming up out of the water, you're saved right then and there. And you're added to his church. That's as plain as I can get it. And the religious world will tell you some other things. I went into a place in Wheeler years ago and they had this sign up. Choose the church of your choice. Let me tell you, and I'll make it blunt, that's a lie. In Matthew 16 and 18, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus didn't build a church for some man. He didn't build a church with another name on it. He did not do that. Romans 16 and 16, salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. The church wears his name. The church wears his name. Let's look at a couple of verses in Acts 2. Acts 2 and 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. This is when the church of Christ started, right here, right here now in Acts 2. That was the first time. A few verses later in 47, praising God and having favor with all the people, the Lord added to the church daily such should be saved. I dare you to look up some religious faith, some religious churches, look them up, and you'll go back and say, and year whatever, certain man started this. Well, that's a man's church. That's a lie. Stay with what Jesus said and Jesus' church, and you have salvation, and you're added to his church. So I'm telling you, do not believe a lie. You have to know some scriptures to keep from doing that. Second Thessalonians 2 and 10, and all... And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusions that they should believe a lie. As we look out in the religious world today, you can find anything. You can find anything. 
And that's exactly what the devil wants. He wants you confused about where you should go to church. Confused on what you should do to become a Christian and have your sins washed away. He's lying over and over again. And it's working. It's working. Here's a contrast for you. Titus 1 and 2. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So I'm telling you, we've got good versus evil. We've got Satan versus God. One's a liar, one does not lie. You need to figure out what side you're on. Good versus evil. So I've talked about Satan and how bad he is and what he'll do to destroy you. So you might be like me, you need help. How do we resist the devil? In James 4 and 7, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's easier said than done. All right, let's study a little more. Here's several uh, verses, and we'll, I'll try to get through them as hurriedly as possible. Ephesians 6 and 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you be able to stand in that evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith we are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, we went through a lot of uh, things, and we won't go into great detail, but we are given everything we need to combat the devil. In our war, he talked about wearing armor, having a shield, having a sword. We're able to fight the devil. Now, let me tell you something I'm sure you don't know. The devil's going to come when you're the weakest. When you're down, he's going to be there. Think about Jesus in Matthew 4 and 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was after and hungered. Jesus was the Son of God, but he was a man. Some of y'all try fasting for 40 hours, not 40 days. You're going to be hungry. So this was a, probably a pretty good test for Jesus just to make stones into bread. The devil was there. He was hungry. Make something to eat. And we know Jesus could do that. He could turn water to wine so he could turn, turn a stone into bread. But what did he say? 
And when the tempter came to him, and he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. How did he answer? It is written. What was he talking about? He's talking about the word of God. That's what he's talking about. Go further down a little bit. Then Jesus said to him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Yes, he could have made stones into bread. Yes, he could have jumped off a high pinnacle, and the angels would have carried him up so he wouldn't get hurt. Yes, if he wanted all the riches in the world, he could have him. But his answer, every time, it is written. We got to know the word of God to fight him. Got a promise for you. Revelation 2 and 10. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you in prison that ye may be tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. We're going to be tempted. We're going to be tried. The devil does not give up. He's going to keep coming. We are in war. We're in war. A warning that we have, 1 Peter 5 and 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. We have to be careful. Be a thinking, is this a test? Are we being tempted? What's going on here? If you're not careful, you'll be destroyed. It may take some of your loved ones with you. He keeps the coming. It's a not a pretty sight. It's not a pretty sight. But if there's good news, it's this. In Revelation 20 and 10, And the devil that deceived them, that lied to them, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. The devil's day is coming. He's going to be put away forever. But we have to fight him day in and day out because he keeps coming back at you. If you give in, you will be destroyed. You have to fight. One more slide. I want you to think about this as you get your songbooks ready. I don't know what hell is going to be like. We're told the devil's going to go there. We are told those of you that listen to his words and follow him are going to go also. The good thing is you're alive right now. You don't have to go. Jesus has his hands out saying, come to me. I will cleanse you of all sins. I will help you. I will help you with the words. I will walk with you. I will comfort you the whole way. But if you listen to that little voice in your ear about all these evil things, you will be destroyed.
Thank you for taking the time to listen to this sermon podcast. If you would like more information or have questions about what you have heard, email us at cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash wheelerareacfc.com.